You did it! Congratulations! Great job, everybody! It's great to meet you. Hi. Jedi is power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds the galaxy together. The Force. The Force. The Force. The Force. May the Force be with you. Hello and welcome to The Force, of course, your bite-sized Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Andrew Hello. and Lauren. Hello there. Guys, we did a thing, finally. We did a thing. We set out to do a thing, we did the thing. We've set out to do the thing a couple other times and we didn't quite do the thing, but this time we did the so thing. So we won trivia. We did. <laughs> that was the thing. Jesus. <laughs> The there's a there's a bar in Covington if you're in the uh, Cincinnati area, and every Tuesday night the lovely Natalie Jones, who's a local radio DJ, hosts trivia every Tuesday night, and this particular week it was Star Wars trivia, so we rallied some troops, we got our friend Judd to go, mm-hmm. uh, Brian went, mm-hmm. and um, we fared pretty well. By getting a perfect fucking score. Perfect score. Bitches. And there were some toughies on there. A lot of it was uh, easy for the hardcore fans. Uh, I knew we were going to be okay when she said, now we're getting to the harder questions. What color is Mace Windu's lightsaber? (laughs) I thought, oh, we'll be okay. I I walked up to get water at that point, and she was like emceeing up towards the water cooler. And she said that question, and I laughed, and she caught me. And she turned the mic away and she goes, is that a good one? Is that hard? And I went, no. no. <laughs> and I just walked away from her like, no, no. Oh, she tried. She, she did, did her best. There were some tough ones on there. Like, who did Billy Lord play? That took me a few minutes to get that one. Yeah, dad had a That's So Raven moment oh. for like half the night. Yeah, that it was just floating around in my head. I couldn't pinpoint it, but finally got it. And then Andrew nailed it down with the correct spelling of Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. I guess two wise, but Andrew stuck to his guns and said three, and he was right. Um, so, yeah, we did win. We got a $50 gift card for um, first prize, but we gave it away. Why'd we do that? We're not smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, Star Wars trivia was actually uh, requested by someone for Natalie, and uh, I, we found out who it was. It was a gentleman named James from Manchester. He was goddamn delightful once we got to meet him but uh we figured what are we going to do with a 50 dollars gift card to a bar that we go to every once in a blue moon yeah every every once in a while when trivia sounds nice yeah <laughs> and it wasn't going to cover our bar tab so we decided to give it to him to thank him for requesting star wars trivia and uh he was delightful he was really nice to talk to Good it was guy. it was very nice to hear natalie refer to things like palpatine oh um kashik <laughs> 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 Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. I mean No Tatooine, I'm sorry. <laughs> if uh if you're not a Star Wars fan, that stuff can be 
a struggle, I'm sure. So she did her best. I love her. She's a good lady. Um, but yeah, we did. We finally won Star Wars trivia. Hot damn. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Fourth time, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, we also did another thing. We've adopted someone. <laughs> <laughs> so last episode, we talked about... Um, how we're setting up the is it a game you want to call it a game or yeah what? it's basically a game so last time um hopefully by the time this comes out you will have heard that we are picking our rounds of the song game i guess we're playing i, I feel like i should come up with a better definitely needs a better name than it that. needs a better name because we're gonna have three episodes of this shit and uh-huh. i can't call it the song game every time um so we have adopted travis you'll probably be hearing a little more of him and we explained last time that he decided to oh what i was about to say was morbid i was gonna say put his show down no oh god no <laughs> he just decided to stop doing his current podcast i think he's gonna wind up seeking creative outlet in another endeavor so welcome uh your name is now travis beaver um (laughs) that's unfortunate but we have brought him in he we are going to split up our lists so he can play the song game with us um so the updated teams now i now have qui-gon jinn general grievous darth maul okay andrew has chancellor palpatine that's really important it's not emperor it's specifically the chancellor um, Django Fett and Mace Windu. That's dad, solid. yeah, dad has Obi Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and Padme. Okay. And Travis now has Anakin Skywalker, Dooku, and Jar Jar Binks. And he is so happy that he got Jar Jar. Really? Yeah. I'm excited was, to hear what he does he with it. Delighted. Then. So that'll be the next episode. And the way we did that, just to keep it fair, is we re-randomized all mm-hmm. our picks so that he took one of each of ours. I put them back in the wheel of names and I spun them. That way, <laughs> oh, it wasn't. Wheel of names. That's what it's called. It's called wheelofnames.com. But um, oh, I spun them and it just so happened to land on Jar Jar. It wasn't like Andrew was like, "Please, dear God, get rid of Jar Jar on my list." And I was like, "Sure, got hmm. you." So Jar, did you have a song selected for Jar Jar? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I'll, I can talk about it when we do the episode. I was going to okay. say, if you talk about it now, I feel like we this won't come out before we record it, or you could just talk about it on that episode. I had a song picked out for Anakin. I did too. Me too. Wait. Really? Okay. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about it. Let's talk about this. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was going to pick Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Master Skywalker, what, what are, are we, we going, going to, to do? do? Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was yours? Uh, mine was I'm just Ken, but I'm just Anna Anna Ken. Ken. Nice. Mine nice. Uh, was Bohemian Rhapsody from Queen. Mama just killed a man. Yeah, like the whole song <laughs> of like the demons tormenting him and going back and forth was very Anakin coded. Huh. So interesting. Yeah, that would work. That was why I was so excited, and then. I think you ended up getting him. And then once I saw that Travis ended up getting him, I was this close to DMing him and being like, do it, do it, do, do it, it, do it. Be interesting to see what he comes up with. We will have his picks in before this episode airs. So it's all fair. Everything's good. Okay. So uh, we're not going to talk about any of that other stuff, though. Tonight we are continuing Andrew's recap of Jedi Survivor. This is part four of your coverage. Oh, we did part four. This is part four. Yeah, this is part four. What the fuck am I on? Part four. But before we do that, I want to take a quick break. So um, hang tight, get yourself a bowl of cereal, and uh, stay tuned. 
We gotta knock out the command post. Come on. From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, new Imperial attack base that you put together. Stormtroopers behind that gun. Chewbacca, new Han Solo, and Imperial Stormtrooper action figures each sold separately. You can press the ice levers to pretend the mine explodes. You okay? Yeah. And make the bridge fall. That was close. Command post in sight. Nice job! Imperial Attack Base from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection. Action figures each sold separately. New from Kenner. All right, welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed the break. I know I did. I watched Mark's Brothers clips and laughed like a girl. That was accurate. Okay, so part four of Jedi Survivor. Do you have a recap of where we left off? Because it's been a few episodes. Please. Do. Okay, so uh, at this point, I hand, uh, I hand you the wheel, Jesus. Last no. recap episode, I'm Jesus. <laughs> End of sentence. End of sentence. Last recap episode, uh, Cal had just been saved from getting a face full of Ravis's tentacle arms by mm. BD-1. Gross. I remember now. Yeah. His testicles. No. He's inside the huge Luger Hulk trying to save Z, the droid. Yep. Uh... BD had launched a crate into the purple giant and sent him through the wall. Unfortunately, this also weakened the platform that Cal was standing on, and the two fall down a pipe into the lower levels of the ship. Idiot. Cal is beset on by shielded ceiling turrets when he begins to have a vision. Himself and Seer are inside some Imperial base and are attacked by a squadron of troopers. Instead of attacking them head-on, Seer uses the force to send the lift that the troopers are in crashing down. She tells Cal that sometimes the solution to a problem lies in how it is framed, and to always look at the situation from multiple angles. Cal emerges from his vision and gains the force lift and slam abilities. He uses this to crush the turrets and lift open a locked door. Boy, if you don't use this, these turrets, you don't have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> They're just relentless. Uh, I consider this a much stronger version of like just the normal force pull and push where you can use to manipulate specific objects. Yeah. It, well, it's also very specific in its direction. Yeah. Up or down. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Uh, I have learned vertical. You can also like force lift enemies and then push them like off cliffs and stuff while they're midair. Mm -hmm. Oh, murder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cal makes his way back to the turbo lift and attempts to call Bode, but the comms appear to be jammed. Cal sneaks on top of the lift where he can eavesdrop on the occupants below him. Cal can see Dagon, Gera, and Ravis enter with a few guards. Dagon is holding the tuner that Ravis grabbed off of Cal and asks if the Jedi's death satisfied him. Ravis confesses that Cal escaped him and gives a snarky remark that Cal may be Dagon's equal. <laughs> Dagon threatens to cut out Ravis's tongue, to which Ravis replies that it will just grow back. Oh, God. I mean, true. Dagon sends one of the raiders to activate the forest array and sends Ravis to the Shattered Moon, telling him that he knows where Centauri hid the last compass. Before Dagon can walk away, Ravis kneels down to him and says that after Dagon has the compass, he'll consider his oath to Dagon fulfilled. Ravis says that the galaxy has changed, that there are many wars, but little honor to be won from them. Dagon suggests that after settling Tantalor, they start their own. 
uh, before walking off to have Z reprogrammed. <laughs> Cal bounces around the elevator shaft before dropping through a hatch into the upper levels and finding Z cuffed inside it, a sinister-looking room. <laughs> Convenient. It's like a, a conveniently sinisterly tortured <laughs> chamber. Uh, Cal frees one of Z's hands just as Dagon enters the room behind him. He asks Cal how he survived Ravis, and Cal replies by pulling out his saber and saying, The usual. Oh. Cal tells Dagon that his obsession of Tantalor blinded him, and the council betraying him was no reason to kill his fellow Jedi. Dagon attacks Cal and uses his saber telekinesis to bash into Cal while exclaiming Tantalor is his. Cal attempts to force grab the tuner, and it becomes locked in place between the two. Sort of like the opposite of when Anakin and Obi-Wan tried to push, force push each other. Kind of mm -hmm. like Rey and Kylo Ren yeah. with the like, Luke, what was that, Luke's lightsaber? I, think. I don't know, I blocked I don't remember. it out. <laughs> I, bl I blacked out. Cal ends up with the tuner, and just as Z frees her other hand, Dagon force pushes them both out the window and onto yet another <laughs> conveniently sized boss fighting a platform. God damn it, hate those. During the fight, Dagon shows just how powerful he is by mixing up his stances and saber techniques, starting off with double-bladed and often splitting them apart to send one flying at Cal. Eventually, the two lock sabers and Cal shoulder-checks Dagon across the platform. Dagon tries to crush Cal with debris from the ceiling while simultaneously throwing his saber and locking Cal in place. Just as Dagon retrieves the other blade, Bode flies in to distract him, calling him back to breath. Sick burn. Yeah. <laughs> he told I can't him. tell if that's bad or not. <laughs> I was going to say, back is kind of a good thing. Uh, Dagon, now infuriated by the remark. <laughs> is that the same as, like, bathwater breath? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Now infuriated by the remark grabs a hanging wire and swings back up to the window to make his escape, but not before sending more debris into Cal, forcing him to start sliding off the platform. Bode comes in clutch to pick up Cal and fly him back to the, back to safety, which just goes to show that Bode could have just flown us around the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember having that very fucking thought. The trio make their way to the escape pods and split up. Cal and BD enter a pod, while Bode and Z enter another. The two ships shakily take off before Cal crash lands back into the swamp. Cal makes his way back to the saloon where he can find Peely from Jeddah on the roof tending to some gardens. So, hang on one second here. This whole gardening thing. Huh? Yeah. You can, you can build a garden on the roof. Is there a point to this? No. Are we playing Animal Crossing? You can find, like plants around each of the planets that you can destroy yeah. and you it's, get seeds from them that you can plant on the roof that part's pretty easy but as far as the whole cultivating thing i i couldn't figure out if there was a point to it or, or like is there a benefit no no is that just, just gardening i was gonna say is it a trophy like that's their oh, like find trophies around the place kind of i was kind of hoping if you grew the right mixture of plants they would like concoct a potion for you that would heal you faster Didn't, or something they had that in the first game because on the ship there was an area were, for yeah. growing plants and you could find one for each planet you were on or some shit like that well, this ain't that okay sorry 
at this point, you will have had time to explore Kobo and recruit some more members, including a band, a hollow projector game designer, and Scuba Steve. <laughs> Scuba Steve? A mini what's up with that guy on Scuba Steve. Yeah. He is a Sakavian man, roughly two feet tall, and mm-hmm. he talks like an old sea captain. You can find him across locations in the game, fishing in ponds and other bodies of water. Why does Scuba Steve sound familiar? You kind of pick up a fishing skill here. You can collect fish to put in the aquarium at the bar. Finding all his locations will improve the quality of the aquarium in the saloon. My aquarium is pretty shitty right now. Scuba Steve from Big Daddy. That's why I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, I'd go into his backstory that he tells you but it's very long and most likely very exaggerated does he look like that he is in a suit kind of like that (laughs) they stole it from big daddy yeah uh anyway cal marin bode and greasy money head to the shattered moon (laughs) to track down ravis upon arriving the crew spot vulture droids and marin begins to cloak the mantis Cal gets dropped off into the somehow breathable atmosphere and explores the base. <laughs> Every so convenient. fucking time. Suddenly, the forest array fires up and sends a powerful beam of energy into and passing throughout the facility. Ooh, like Mexican food. Yeah. Sorry. The beam is strong enough to completely decimate anyone who gets close to it. So just like Mexican <laughs> food. And Cal must avoid <laughs> being unalived by it. <laughs> as he fights and parkours around it. Uh, as Cal gets closer to the control tower, he catches a glimpse of the mantis being chased by vulture droids. Uh, as he makes his way through the firing chamber of the beam, Ravis monologues over the intercom system oh, good. about how the Jedi were weak and that he w- awaits Cal for a true fight. While exploring Santari Kree's lab, Cal begins having a vision of her and Dagon. She has the last compass and isn't willing to give in to Dagon, telling him that he's lost his way and he should surrender. She ignites her saber, but Dagon just force pushes her to the side. Ha! As Dagon reaches for the compass, Centauri swings her blade down and cuts off Dagon's arm. Cal returns to the present and begins upgrading his ascension cable. Now he's able to grapple onto balloons and launch himself off from them. This took me a minute to master this skill with the ascension cables. Cal uses his new toy to reach the control room and finds Ravis waiting for him. Ravis tells him it's been many years since he's killed Jedi and that long ago Dagon had bested him in combat, earning his loyalty. They fought together until the Order betrayed Dagon. It took many Jedi to take down Ravis, but they denied him a warrior's death and imprisoned him for centuries. Cal asks him where the compass is, and Ravis replies that he'll have to fight for that knowledge. I have a question. Yeah. Why would they deny him? First of all, is a warrior's death what Jedi crave? No. Well, so he wanted the death. So give it to him. What is but imprisoning they, him? <laughs> Dude, they're, they're not like they're the Jedi. I know, but they just postpone their problems. Damn it. <laughs> oh, good. He summarized all of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I sure did. Okay, go ahead. During the boss fight, Ravis has an assortment of weaponry. He can use his staff as a club or strike with it like a lance. It can also change and extend as a flail. He has an oversized blaster and a jetpack to maneuver. An oversized bladder? 
<laughs> oh, I wish I had one. <laughs> what? He probably does. After knocking down Ravis's health bar, Cal rushes down, rushes him down, slashing across the armored chestplate and sliding past him to strike his back. Cal looks back to see Ravis' suit spark and a chunk of armor hit the ground, exposing his tentacly right arm. Ravis is clearly enjoying the fight, exclaiming that he's been waiting for this for 200 years. Okay. The next phase of the boss fight, he's much more aggressive, attacking more often, and now firing a barrage of rockets from his backpack. (laughs) Once again, Cal removes his health bar, and Ravis stammers backward before saying he yields. Ravis drops his staff and takes a knee, telling Cal that he has proven himself. Ravis tells Cal that the compass is at Centauri Cree's observatory on Kobo, and that Dagon is on his way there. That's the main planet they've been to yeah, oh, this whole time. With the okay. saloon. Cal takes a moment before offering to ally with Ravis, saying that they can take Dagon on together. He denies the offer and demands that Cal give him his warrior's death before picking up his staff and standing to fight again. Cal quickly cuts off both of Ravis's arms, forcing him on his knees before decapitating and finally killing the Gendai. Oh, tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> well, no, this one looked pretty serious. <laughs> Cal Temple runs his way back to the landing pad <laughs> and boards the Mantis. Uh, Cal and Marin talk about their situation, him wondering how Centauri couldn't see the change in Dagon before it was too late. Marin tells him that they both dreamt of Tantalor, they both suffered, and that a shared dream is not easy to wake from. Cal worries that he'll lose himself to the battle with the Empire, like Dagon did with Tantalor. Marin reassures him that if he ever strays from his path, they'll be there to guide him back. Aww. After returning to Kobo, Cal heads for the observatory. He passes through more rundown mining operations within a foggy expanse of canyons. Cal spots a nearby crashed Imperial shuttle still covered in flames and decides to check it out. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? Cal jumps onto an Imperial patrol sent to secure the wreckage and after defeating them, climbs into the shuttle. The ship begins sliding around as Cal cautiously maneuvers through the cabin. In the cockpit, a dead purge trooper sits at the helm, where Beatty spots a piece of electronics that Cal grabs for him. After sticking it to him... (laughs) (laughs) What kind of game is this? (laughs) Beatty can now fire electro darts, which which can overcharge distant electric sources. The ship begins shifting again, throwing Cal out the windshield where he grapples to safety Whee! and watches the wreckage tumble down the cliff. Can BD use them on people or just I think objects? So. Okay. I've never tried on people. Yeah, I've never tried it. But Y'all have the wrong mindset when you're playing this game. <laughs> Clearly. Cal continues scaling the cliffs when he nears the hangar of an Imperial facility built into the mountain. Inside are a few TIE fighters and many troopers. Cal has the opportunity to drop one of the TIE fighters onto some of them and begins the fight. (laughs) Several waves of increasingly more difficult troops later, Cal can use one of the lifts. 
he force tricks a stormtrooper hiding behind blast-proof glass into opening a door for him and keeps exploring the compound. BD slices a door for Cal leading to a long hallway with a lone scout trooper at the end. Entering the hall spawns a health bar at the top of the screen that reads, Rick, the door technician. What? Yeah, boss fight with Rick. Rick begins running down the hall towards Cal and screaming at him. <laughs> Cal one-shots the trooper and continues down the hall. That's it. This one hit kills him. That was the one boss fight I don't think I needed Andrew for. <laughs> Poor Rick. <laughs> Cal enters another lift that takes him far up the mountain to the observation deck of the garrison, just above the fog. Cal makes it back to the cliffside and rounds a corner with an amazing view of the Lukerhulk ship, and then through an arch where he can finally see the floating observatory structure and the battle taking place at it. At the edge of the mountain are more balloons he can use to reach pillars off base from the mountain. Handy. Convenient. All around this massive floating structure are TIE fighters and vulture droids dogfighting in the air. Uh, and what I thought was cool about this is that in most games, this would basically be a visual far off in the distance. Yeah. But here the ships are all physically there. And on my first attempt at jumping between balloons, I accidentally landed on one of the TIE fighters and it carried me away. <laughs> oh, serious? Oh, yeah. shit. Whoa. I thought it was cool to see uh, vulture droids and TIE fighters in the same mm -hmm. situation. That was cool. Once Cal manages to glide onto the high-tech observatory, he climbs his way up, fighting raiders and droids alike, while Bode provides cover in his Z-95 fighter. Eventually, the Imperial forces split from the fight, giving Bode a chance to land and help Cal reach the top. As the two crest the peak of the structure, they can see another beam of energy firing into the sky from just below them. Opposite the beam is the main observation room where Dagon waits for them. Inside is a large circular room surrounded by windows currently blocked by blast shields. The main source of light is from the flat ceiling of glass with the pinkish-purple colors of the beam illuminating the room. Cal and Bode enter the room where Dagon is playing Centauri Kree's last message to him, where she tells him to seek her out or go to Tantalor. Dagon slams his fist on the console as the hologram fades, and picks up the compass. He claims that had Centauri stood by him, they could have convinced the council to not abandon Tantalor. Now she's gone, Ravis is gone, the Order is gone, and he's free. Cal tells him that he's not free, but he is alone. Dagon picks up the helmet of a stormtrooper and asks how could, how he could let the galaxy fall to such an unworthy machine of an empire. <laughs> he calls Cal a failure and tosses the helmet towards him. Dagon says that within the abyss he will forge these raiders into an elite army led by disciples trained in the force at his temple. Then he will cleanse the galaxy with fire. Bode says that they've already got an emperor and demands Dagon <laughs> to hand over the compass. Bode tells Dagon that he's standing in the way of a better life for his daughter and threatens to put him down. Dagon ignites his saber and the fight begins. During the fight, Dagon can switch the composition of his blade like Cal's from double-bladed to single or even dual-wield, 
Dagon locks blades with Cal and tells him he's still chained by the past. Dagon's other blade rises, now being held by the force-apparated hand and arm of Dagon. It appears that Dagon is using some force power to alter the reality that Cal is seeing. Cal's vision is somewhat clouded. Dagon can now throw waves and orbs of energy at Cal. Eventually, Dagon kicks Cal to the ground and force grabs Bode by the neck. Dagon's eyes glow and he tosses Bode aside, now unconscious. Cal is slammed to the ground before being lifted to the bright ceiling. End of sentence. All right. (laughs) Dagon jumps up to the ceiling, now standing upside down. Cal rises to his feet as the camera shifts upright and continues the fight on the ceiling. Dagon continues manipulating Cal's vision and is able to split into several apparitions. Cal struggles to keep keep pace with Dagon and is slashed across the chest and laid out on the ceiling. Dagon asks Cal what it feels like knowing he's about to die, and he senses Cal's emotions, anger, shame, loss, pain, and tells him that there's power in such emotions, but he's too weak. Cal reaches for his savior and begins to rise to his feet, but now he has begun to manipulate Dagon's mind and is projecting himself as Centauri Kree. Cal uses her appearance and voice to get into Dagon's head and close the distance between them and is able to stab Dagon through the chest. That's some dark shit. Well? Dagon's forced reality begins collapsing and Cal slashes across Dagon, killing him, ending the hallucinations. Cal is standing firm on the actual floor of the room as Bode gets to his feet and asks what just happened. He tells Bode he used Dagon's fear against him with his own force hallucination. Cal grabs Dagon's saber and places it on the corpse. He tells Bode that he should use Tantalor, that they should use Tantalor as a fortress for the hidden path, gather allies, and train. Bode says it's risky, and Cal replies that he wouldn't want Kata, which is Bode's daughter, mm. to be hiding forever, and that someone has to face the Empire eventually. Cal wants to head back to Jeddah to hand Cordova the last compass. Bode stays behind to look around. Cal thanks BD for saving him, and the two head to the Mantis. On the ship, Bode catches up and asks Cal what the hallucinations showed him. Cal says his friend's suffering after following him and being helpless to stop it. Bode says he saw Kata in her room and stormtroopers breaking down the door and coming for her. Cal, Marin, Bode, and Grease head back to Jeddah. The Mantis lands through the ceiling hatch of Seer's underground base, and Cal gives Master Cordova the compass. Wow. <laughs> Cordova needs time to repair it, so Marin, Seer, Grease, Bode, and Cal all head out to a secluded cliffside to have a campfire. <laughs> yep, that happens. Sitting around the fire, Cal asks Seer to join him on Tantalor and to bring the hidden path along. She agrees and tells him that his master would have been proud of the Jedi he has become. Seer leaves to prepare the archives and Grease joins her, escorted by Marin. Cal senses that Bode is anxious about Tantalor. He suggests that they go first to make sure it's safe for the others, and he's also concerned for Kata, knowing it is hard every time he comes back for her. 
Cal reassures him that by tomorrow they'll have a safe new home. Bode leaves to record a message for Kata as Marin comes back and joins Cal. He tells her that the Jedi Order is gone and that it's time to leave it behind. He's finally decided that he wants to be with her. Marin says, it took you long enough, and the two embrace. <laughs> True story. In the morning, Cal rises from meditation at the campsite and goes to check on Cordova's progress. Cordova presents the repaired compass to Cal, Seer, and Bode when suddenly the base's alarms go off. Seer checks the hollow table and says that Imperial forces are surrounding the base. Cal tells Seer to evacuate her people and he'll hold them off for as long as he can. When he turns back to the other two, Bode is holding Cordova at gunpoint and attaching the compass to his belt. Cordova tries pleading with Bode, who shoots him twice in the chest. Dirty fucker. He then tosses a detonator towards Cal to cover his escape. Seer blocks a blast from killing them, and Cal chases after Bode while leaving BD-1 behind. Bode manages to make it to a garage with speeder bikes, and a high-speed chase ensues. Soon they're both being fired upon by TIE fighters, and they pass by several AT-ATs headed for the archive. Cal manages to slash Bode's bike, forcing him to use his jetpack. He then surfs his bike off a cliff and leaps into the air, tackling Bode onto a platform just below his Z-95 fighter. Cal asks Bode why, he choose, why he's choosing to hand over their hard-fought compass straight to the Empire. Bode says he isn't giving it to them, and that Cal doesn't have time for this fight. He tells Cal that he should listen to his instincts, that a terrible force is coming. Cal asks what he did and lunges at Bode, who force pushes Cal back. Oh. Bode then takes out Dagengara's saber and tells Cal that he's not the only one who survived. Cal and Bode duel atop the plateau, but because BD stayed behind, Cal can't heal. Eventually, Cal is force pushed off the side and shot in the shoulder on his way down. Cal tumbles down knocking his head and watching the Z-95 fly away just before falling unconscious. Oof. I'll stop there. I hated this. <clears throat> Bode was... He was a fine ally. Uh, it sucked that he always had a jetpack and couldn't get you... No wonder he didn't carry us. <laughs> he was hoping we were going to die along the way. Yeah, but for him to turn against us, that pissed me off kind of a lot. Um, but there you have it. So now you know kind of the goal to some of the rest of the game anyway. There's other stuff out there. But yeah, this scene was fun. I don't know why he jumped on a speeder bike and didn't just use his jetpack. Might not have that much fuel. Could be. Could be. Okay. All right. Well, that was part four of Jedi Survivor. We will continue this, I don't know, in a couple of weeks, whenever the, the notion strikes. And uh, the next episode will be our song, our theme song, our prequel era character theme song extravaganza. I don't know what That's to call it. That's not the name. I'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Travis the Podfather will be with us in one way or another. I don't think we have the ability to, uh, or the, the, the time to make it happen in person, but he'll record something and we'll, we'll work it in. We'll Travis, work our magic. Travis Beaver. Yep. He's adopted. Thanks for being adopted, Travis. Hope you like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. 
This has been the Force of Course, your bite-sized Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Ted. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. And as always, play with your toys. <laughs>